In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Our good friend Rob West. He is the host of Faith and Finance Live. He's joining us right now. Rob, good morning, my friend. Hey, Tom. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's good to be having some time with you right now. And I didn't ask you if this is okay, but I'm going to do it. We're on the air, so you have nothing you can do about this right now. (laughs) But if you have a question for Rob West, a financial question, something that you're Uh, working through, if you would text that into us right now at 423-629-8900, we're going to keep the door locked until he answers your questions. Just wanted to (laughs) let you know that. Rob, thank you so much for being here this morning. Yeah, you know, when you invite the afternoon guy in in the morning and then invite questions, I mean, who knows what we're going to get. But I know. Let's, we, let's try it. <laughs> we'll do Stump the Stars and ask him something that he doesn't <laughs> know. But we'll start with an easy question. Well, it All might right. be an easy question for you, but there are people much like myself that they puzzle over this little form that we get whenever we're like first hired or we need to make adjustments. It's the W-4 form, you know, that thing that, uh. that dictates, you know, what is taken out of our paycheck and how we do that. And, and some people do it wrong and they get this huge refund at the end of the tax year and some people no matter what they put in there they seem to owe every year so i'm just wanting to ask is there a way a formula so you can fill that form out and so that at the end of the year maybe you owe absolutely zero yeah well nothing more exciting to talk about on the drive into work than w44 yeah (laughs) yes i like it by the way uh tax day this year april 18th a tuesday uh because the 15th falls over the weekend but you're exactly right tom the idea here is that we don't want a big refund right because that's a uh interest-free loan that we're giving to uncle sam Mm -hmm. and i'd rather have that in your budget in your spending plan so you can give that dollar a name and get it to where you want it to go. So the idea is to come as closely to having only what you'll owe in taxes withheld. The W-4 form is going to determine that so that you're ensuring you don't have too little taken out uh, because that could result in a penalty. Now, when you're filling out that form, you'll need to account for all the jobs that you have for you and your spouse if you're married, plus any additional income, credits, deductions available to you. And by the way, you can download this form at irs.gov. Just search for W-4. So basically what you're going to do, Tom, is you put in, you know, there's steps here. They'll walk you through it on the form, but you put in your personal information, whether you're filing single or married filing separately or jointly. Uh, After that, you're going to list all of your income for you and your spouse. So that's going to include self-employment. You can use the online estimator that they have at irs.gov, or they have a worksheet if you'd rather do that kind of with the paper and pen 
method. Um, and then step three, you'll claim any children or dependents um, that are, are you're entitled to. And then all of that affects your withholding, your income, your deductions, your extra withholding. And then the hard part's done. You just sign and date your new W-4 form and hand it to your employer. But that, you know, going through that exercise is going to make sure, especially if there's been some changes in your financial life that you're withholding the proper amount so that hopefully you can get as close to uh, a zero refund as possible, but certainly not owe anything at the end of the tax year. Okay. You're hearing the voice of Rob West kind of walking us through this form that we've all filled out and just kind of in a blur filled it out and said, okay, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I begrudge every nickel that comes out of my account, but don't really know exactly where it's going to go. And so Rob, if I can ask you this, you know, um, once I fill out that W-4 form, is that it forever and ever? Amen. Or um, can I make adjustments to that? Can I fill out another one? Maybe six months later, if my life situation changes, regardless of changing employment? Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. And you're exactly right. You can absolutely change that as often as you need. Uh, and so the what the triggering event would be there is if something changes in your financial life, you start a new business, you you know add some side income, you have another child, uh, your spouse goes to work or decides not to work and comes home. I mean, any of those changes are going to affect how much you need to have withheld. So that's where any you know major changes, I'd be pulling out that W-4 form and sending it in. Uh, a good indication that you need to make some changes you get to tax time and you find you have a pretty significant tax refund. And although that's exciting to find out the IRS is going to send you a big check, uh, it really is not my preferred way to go. Because again, you haven't gotten any interest on that. And it's better to get it into the budget because then we can start with our values and our priorities, determine our financial goals, and then allow our monthly spending to reflect those goals. And the key to be able to do that is margin. So as much as we can get into the budget so we have a surplus that we can send to the things that we really want, like paying down debt, giving more, saving for the future, you know, that's really the key. Okay, that sounds like a good key if you're to the plus, but what if you're to the minus and every year you take that sneak peek and you continually owe? And what's scary about that, it's not just what you owe, there's also a penalty on top of that. How do you make yeah. that adjustment at that point? Yeah, penalties and interest. So you don't want to be in that situation for sure. And so that would be an absolute telltale sign that I need to go fill out the W-4 form again. Maybe I've, you know, something's changed and I haven't updated it. Maybe I filled it out wrong, but you need to, you know, change your withholding. That form is the way to do it so they can withhold more out of each check to ensure that, you know, you don't owe anything at the end of the year, even though you don't want that big refund. Joining us now is our good friend, Rob West. He's the host of Faith and Finance Live. And Rob, we've got some questions that are coming in. I'd like to start with this one. Okay. It talks about uh, Social Security. And here's the question. Should my Social Security check be taxed? And if so, at what percent? Uh, yeah. So uh, the IRS uh, dictates who pays uh, taxes on Social Security and benefits. And it really has to do with what your what they call combined income is. So uh, if your adjusted gross income is less than 25000 then you're not going to pay uh, taxes. Um, if it's between twenty five and 34000 as an individual, you're going to pay taxes on up to 50% of your benefits. Uh, if you're filing a joint return that's between 32000 and 44000 then you're going to have uh, taxes on up to 50%. Above that level, 34000 for singles and 44000 
for a joint return. Uh, you'll pay on up to 85% of your Social Security, and that's for folks that uh, are you know, bringing in additional income outside, pushing them up above those thresholds. So bottom line is, yes, Social Security benefits are taxable, but there is those you know, break points to determine what portion will be taxable based on how much you're earning. Okay, well, that, that's really good to know, especially as people are entering in that season where they're thinking, yeah. do I need to take a withdrawal? Do I need to hold off for a little bit longer? Will I be able to earn more? And if I earn more or just can, um, you know, depending on if I uh, retire at, I don't know, what is it, 67 and a half or, or whatever the, the age range is right now, yeah. Rob, that would also determine that based on the adjusted gross income? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, you know, once you reach full retirement age, which is either 66 or 67 or somewhere in between, uh, you can earn as much as you want and you're not going to affect your benefits. It'll affect how you're taxed on the benefits, Mm. but it won't affect the benefits themselves. Prior to full retirement age, there is a cap as to what you can earn. And over that threshold, they'll start to reduce your benefits. Now, you'll get that back in the form of a higher check until you're fully repaid after you reach full retirement age. So it's only a temporary reduction, but it is important to know for folks that are continuing to work. Oh, that's good advice. Uh, Rob West right now with us on Mornings with Tom and Toby. Here's another question that came in, Rob, and here's what they say. I'm having a hard time putting money into separate savings like this, car repair savings, vacation savings, general savings. It just seems like so much to try and save when we don't really make a lot and just looking for some advice in that regard. Yeah, it can be challenging, especially now. I mean, Tom, Tom, as you know, uh, you know, with inflation where it is, it's putting the squeeze on so many families. So don't lose heart. Uh, I think the key is your spending plan. So we've got to go back to that spending plan. If we're not able to save what we want to save, and I realize you're saying we don't have a ton of income here, and I get that. That's all the more reason why we need to go back to the budget and say, what do we need to cut? You know, beyond the utilities and keeping the mortgage paid and food in the you know gas tank of the car and the utilities on, everything else is kind of a question mark, right? And so what do I need to eliminate to free up more margin so I can fund those things that are really important to me? Once you do the hard work on the budget and hopefully get that margin up, that surplus up, then I think the key is to automate your savings. So perhaps use an online uh, savings account like Marcus or Capital One 360. There's no fees. You could have three or four or five or six different savings accounts. They're not going to charge you anything. You're actually going to get some interest on the money at around three and a half percent. But here's the thing you know, automate that savings every month into those accounts. Maybe it's just $25 into each one or 50, whatever it is. If you automate it, build it right into your plan and don't wait for yourself to do it, you know, with money that's left over, perhaps that'll give you the encouragement you need to go ahead and get it done. And I think as you begin to see those balances building, uh, that'll give you more incentive to say, okay, where else can we cut? I want to get that number up. And uh, once you you know get uh, reach that goal and you're able to buy that car with cash or take that vacation, boy, that's going to feel really good. And I think that'll help you do it all over again. Wow, Rob, that just sounds like you're talking straight out of Proverbs there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Doing the little by little. And sometimes we're looking at it from this end thinking, I want it and I want it now. But God is all about the get rich slow scheme, right? That we build on things little by little. And you talk about this word a lot, that word margin. How can somebody actually, when they have no margin, what can they do to like start creating some margin in their life? 
Yeah. Well, margin is critical, whether it's margin in our schedule so we have time to just rest and enjoy relationships and spend time with the Lord or in our financial lives. So we have margin. You know, uh, one of the things that's interesting is when we talk about money and marriage, this week was Valentine's Day, so it's kind of on our minds. Uh, One of my friends, uh, Dr. Shanti Feldhahn, who's a Harvard researcher, she wrote the book Thriving in Love and money. She found that 70% of married couples have conflict over money. You won't be surprised about that. But one of the keys to overcoming that was margin. Here's what she found. It wasn't a matter of their income level as to whether or not they were over able to overcome the conflict in marriage. It was whether they were living below their means. Mm-hmm. And so it's so key to have that cushion or margin. It gives you peace of mind. It gives you confidence and it lets you save and for the future and accomplish your other goals and objectives. So the only way to do it, Tom, is to go back to that spending plan and make some hard decisions so you can rein in spending to free up surplus. Uh, if you're having trouble with that, perhaps our app could be a great tool for you. It's the FaithFi app, and you'll find it on our website at faithfi.com. Just click the app button. It's based on Larry Burkett's old tried-and-true envelope system, but in a modern digital expression where you can connect to your bank accounts, your each paycheck funds your envelopes digitally, and then as the transactions come down, they automatically categorize. So here's the key. You can look at any envelope at any point point in the month and say, what's left in my eating out? What's left in my entertainment? What's left in my clothing envelope? And then you can make decisions on the fly instead of looking back at the end of the month and saying, where did I blow the budget? Um, You know, we want to be able to deal with it as it goes. So that could be a great tool for you if you're having some trouble. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for your advice. This is Rob West. He's the host of Faith and Finance Live. And, you know, I think at some point in the middle of what you were sharing, you went from giving advice to meddling in my life. So I'm not sure exactly where it happened, but uh, you're just saying There was that, a tipping point yeah. there at some point. <laughs> there really was. But within that, uh, about creating margin, and many of us have like a budget in mind, and we think, yeah, I've got a budget. I know where, where I'm going, what I'm going to spend with that. But there's something about having it concrete. And the Faith of FaithFi app is really good for this. So you know exactly how much you're going to be spending in different areas. And it pulls you away from that impulse spending because you know exactly how much you have to spend. That's really key. I mean, without the information, we're just kind of flying blind during the month. And then we get to the end of the month and our barometer is, do we have anything left over in the checking account? Can we pay that last bill before the next paycheck comes? And you don't want to live that way. That's not going to give you peace of mind. Plus, getting back to marriage, you know, I recommend a monthly money date where you're coming together as husband and wife. You're making course corrections. Well, if you don't have that information like you can do when you, you know, pull up the FaithFi app and you and your spouse are sitting there looking at each of your envelopes, hey, do we need to transfer some money out of this envelope to the other because this happened this month? And I mean, those are the kinds of decisions you need to be making, but you got to have the information in order to be able to do it. And that's where the envelope system is so beautiful. So again, faithfi.com, just click app and you can learn more about it.